Well, how long is David going to go today? We'll see. No, I just want to thank you guys. Um, I hope you guys can stick around for the enchilada dinner, um, or even my sermon for that matter. So, because God is good, and I love being in God's presence. And um, how many guys, when you invite, does anyone ever invite your family over? for dinner, for lunch. How many of you guys know how important it is for when the invitation comes that there is not a, oh my goodness, we got to go over to so-and-so's house again, right? How many of you go, that's, that's, that is a reality dynamic in families. However, when God invites us over to his house, how many of you guys know he's our father? And it shouldn't be the, oh gosh, yeah, dad invited us over again. We got to go into the body. You know, this is like you want to be in that house because he makes the best food. He has the best entertainment. He, he, ha- he plays the best games. He has the, I mean, you want to be, you want to answer the phone when he calls because you know it's going to be good when you go to his house. Amen. That is church. When you get invited to come, it is good to be in the house of God. And David said that. He said, better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. How many, you guys know that there's a culture, and it is such a blessing to develop a culture of the Father's house where you and your kids would rather be there than anywhere else. If you are going to church and are bored, leadership is not presenting the Father right. Amen. We need to present the Father as something that you want to be a part of. And you guys then turn and present Jesus to the world as something they want to be a part of. Jesus actually never, people didn't turn Jesus away. They wanted to be around him. You think about it. The only people who really had an issue with Jesus were religious people. Really, honestly. That's the only people we really see. You never saw a sinner turn Jesus away. They wanted to be in his presence. And you are invited to be that same example, have that same presence of Jesus. You guys, we're going to read a we're going to read one passage of scripture because it's not church if we don't read the Bible. So, let's turn in our Bibles real quick. And I'm going to pray. Father, I just thank you for this amazing word that you have uh put on uh, on this body's heart, Lord. I thank you that every time something is spoken here, God, uh, Lord, we thank you your your words are moving through our vessels. And those words become worlds. They become life and bread for, for that period of time. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. So we're going to turn to Mark chapter 7. Everyone, when you get there, say amen. When you get there, say amen. Mark chapter 7. We'll have a scripture verse up here possibly. Maybe. I don't know, Judy. I don't know if she's putting that up there. All right. So, um, so what we're going to do. We're going to get you guys nice and hungry. We're going to talk about food for just a little bit, so that way you'll want to have enchiladas. Um, my kids, they have very specific food taste buds that they only eat certain things. 
Um, how many of you guys have kids like that? Does anyone here have kids that eat everything? What do you guys do? That's just, that's a miracle. So recently we're like, you know, actually like my son loves broccoli. You can't keep him away from broccoli. He does have a hard time with cookies, which this is, this is the, definitely the Kim gene in him. It's not my gene. But when it comes to certain foods that he's never had before, they just, they're not interested. Um, but it's when it's something that they like, you know, they want it, but it's something they never had, even though they might really like it, right? Okay. Just like two years ago, I started eating avocados. Anybody here like avocados? Oh my goodness. They're so good. Well, growing up, I never liked them, but I didn't know why. I just didn't like them. And, um, I, whenever someone would offer me avocado, I just like, oh, no, just, no, put that on the side. And you know what? I, I don't even remember the logic behind it until I was on a job and um, and someone said, hey, you got to try this guacamole. And I was like, oh, no, it's all right. And I, I was like, okay, I'll try it. And everyone else was doing it. And so, you know, I had to do it. It was peer pressure. I gave in to avocados. And so I took a chip. And I, I took it and I ate it and it was the most amazing combination. What, what do they put? Uh, what's in guac? What do they put? Tomato, onions, garlic, cilantro. But this this um, particular food, uh, this restaurant chain, they put mango in their avocado uh, in, in their uh, mixed with avocado in the guacamole. And I was like, oh my goodness, I love that. Well, do you know sometimes when we come to the body of Christ? There's just things that we don't want to partake in. Like, ah, that's just, I'm not an avo. That's, that's good. You know how good avocado is for you? Really? Do you guys know how good it is? There's so many calories in that thing, but it is so good. Good fats. Man, when you, when you get done eating it, you're just like, oh my goodness, this is amazing. But I didn't like it. Nature's, nature's butter. Wow, I thought butter was nature's butter. <laughs> you got to make butter. So, you know what? Your palate can expand. And the more you grow in God, don't just limit yourself to what you ate when you first were born again. Or maybe the last church you went to or the last group of body of believers. Because there's so much diversity in the body of Christ. And the diversity in the body represents the diversity in the head. God is so multi, he, he is so multi-layered. So don't limit what he can do in your life. This, uh, and I'm going to demonstrate that here. This is Mark uh, chapter 7, verses 24. And a lot of you guys know this story, but we're going to just talk about it real quick. Jesus left Galilee and went north to the region of Tyre. He didn't want anyone to know which house he was staying in, but he couldn't keep it a secret. How many of you guys feel like that is, uh, is you and Jesus right now? Like, where's Jesus at? I need him right now. And he's hiding from me. Y'all know about the secret place? Y'all, y'all, y'all know where the secret place is? If I told you, it wouldn't be a secret, so I can't tell you. It says Mark 25, it's 725, says, Right away, a woman who had heard about him came and fell at his feet. This lady was a stalker. She knew where Jesus was going to be. 
Her little girl was possessed by an evil spirit. Now that evil spirit, that word evil there actually just meant, it meant uh, uh, something that was, was con- it was not right. They don't know if it was an actual physical deformity or it was a spiritual expression, but it was evil. Everyone say evil. Sometimes we, we see the evil around us, right? So she, be, she begged him to cast out the demon from her daughter since she was a Gentile born in Assyrian Phoenicia. Jesus told her, now listen up, it says first, everyone say first. I should feed the children of my own family, the Jews. It isn't right to take food from the children and throw it to the dogs. She replied, that's true, Lord. But even the dogs under the table are allowed to eat the scraps from the children's plates. I love this. He says, good answer. Now go home. For the demon has left your daughter. So this is cool. I want to talk about this conversation. I want to go over the dynamics of the story. How many of you guys um, knew that? How many of you guys have dogs chase you home from the grocery store? I hope not. That I mean, unless you live really close to your grocery store and there's a dog loose, you shouldn't have that happening. I know you have the story of the dog chasing you out here, and you had the weed eater and knows the the battle of the century, but. Um, don't worry, no dogs were hurt in that story. Um, but one thing that what they would do, you would go to the, you would go to a market and you would trade and you would buy your food. And then you would usually, the dogs would be around the market and they would follow you home because they wanted a piece of what you were holding back to your house. Does that make sense? Y'all follow me? Yes. Y'all track with me. All right, cool. So most of you. So what happens is, is Jesus is saying, it's not right for me to take what was meant for my family. Because I, I have these goods and I have a mission. What's my mission? Who, who is Jesus ministry to? Y'all know? The Jews. He actually didn't come for the Gentiles. Did the Gentiles get blessed? Absolutely. Did other nations get blessed because of Jesus? You better believe it. But who is his ministry to? It is the Jews. So he has, he's taking this, take this story. He says, it's not good for me to take these goods that I have. And I have a purpose because I was sent. I was sent and now I'm bringing my nourishment. I'm bringing things, the good, the, chil- the children's bread. I'm bringing that to the children of God. I'm bringing this to his family. And I can't give it to you. And here's where I, here's, here's a tie. Um, this is where a lot of us are. We're, we're this woman in this story. And so here's Jesus and he says, I can't give it to you. Now here's the interesting thing about the response of this woman. Because the story has this idea where he cannot give it to anything in transition. But what she does, she turns and she positions herself somewhere you guys know where she positions herself in response to the parable of her being or the the analogy of her being a dog where does she set herself in the story she sets herself under the table 
She's not astray. She's not wagging around, searching the streets. She's at the table of the Lord. She might not be a child, but she's at the table. She might not get something on the way, but she knows where she needs to be in order to get it. She knows where to position herself like Mary did. She knows where to position herself to receive. Are you positioning yourself to receive the thing that you need? How many of you guys actually have a need? And this is the other thing. This is a woman who had a need. Isn't it interesting how needs are made to be met, correct? If you have a need, you need to get it met. If it's met, then you don't have a need anymore, right? Well, you guys know one of the Beatitudes? The Bible, it says, blessed are the poor in spirit. You guys know what poor in spirit means? doesn't mean that it's not poor in flesh. Some of us make that. Yeah, it's I'm poor. I got no money and woo, that's the way God wanted. Well, God wants to, if, if that's the case, then I don't know why he blessed Solomon and all these other things in the Bible that, that actually promotes a, an actual um, a blessing from the Lord. But what he says here, he says that, good answer to her faith. Her faith put in place actually did something to the heart of Jesus and Jesus recognized the faith of this woman. And then he gave her what she asked for. He says, good answer. And he says, you can go home because your your daughter is made well. Now here's my two questions for you. And that is, do you have a need that only he can meet? And here's the reason, here's, here, there's a lot of things that we have a need for that is somewhat circumstantial. It's still a need, but it's something only he can do. do it, it, are all your needs something that are circumstantially met or is something that only the supernatural can bring freedom in? Because I think... There is a call in us to be, we are supernatural beings first. You guys know that, right? It's not that you're a a natural being with a supernatural experience, but we're actually supernatural beings with a natural experience. You know, we never die. We, We never die. You can't go from not being conscious to being conscious that after you die, you don't go unconscious anymore. What happens after death is, is another dimension of consciousness, and that's eternal. You guys ever woke up from a dream and knew that you woke up from a dream? You, you went from a dream state, and you were like, I'm dreaming. And then when you woke up, you're like, oh, I'm back to reality. Have you ever done that? Well, do you know that that, that wake up happens when you, when, you go to, when you die again? You come into another, wow, I'm in eternity. This is just a vapor. It's just a short period of time. And in this short period of time, there are needs that are in our heart that only God can fill, that only God can meet those needs, those hungers. And we as believers, we steward this hunger and we position ourselves at the table and say, look, I, I, look this, this might be where you're at today. 
Have you ever been in a place where everyone around you is getting all their prayers answered but you? I'm, I'm, I'm early. I leave late. I go to every altar call. I, I give. Um, what is going on? And you feel like you're a dog at the, at the table. And you, where, where's, where is you? Where are you, God? What are you doing? Where are you in all my needs? Why am I getting nothing? I'm pouring in. I'm pouring in. And I'm not getting anything in return. I don't know if you've ever felt that way before, but I do want to challenge you this morning. One thing that I have seen in Scripture is that God likes to work out of us a spirit of entitlement. Sometimes we confuse our... We confuse our, our serving the Lord as a way to manipulate him to get him to do what we want him to do. Story of, of, of Bill Johnson and Redding really hit me hard. He, he said that his son, his, his, one of his sons was horribly sick and they, they didn't know what was wrong with him and he shut himself in the room with his son. And he's praying, God, heal my son, heal my son, please heal my son. Lord, take the sickness away. And then he, he was like, I know what I need to do. I need to worship. And so he went in the other room where his son wasn't, and he just started singing and worshiping. And the Holy Spirit convicted him and said, what, what are you doing? I, I'm worshiping you. I'm worshiping you so, so you will heal my son. And he goes, so this is a trade, right? You're worshiping me so I will do something for you? You guys know what that is. That's works. That's, y'all, that's Baal worship. It, when you are doing something to get God to do something back at you, you're no longer... A son, you're a slave. Because a son knows the heart of his father and he trusts what he's doing. And this woman, position yourself. Look, I, I know I'm, I'm not a Jew, but I know what comes. I know what falls off the table. And I don't care what falls off the table. I'm going to fight for it because I know it's coming. And there's a big difference between wondering if something's coming versus God, I, I'm waiting. I'm going to persevere through this time. Even though there's a lack, there is a, I, I don't have it, but I know it's coming. And some of you are there. You don't have what you need and you don't see how it's going to come to you, but you know who's going to bring it. Do you guys know that it says this? I'm going to read this and I'm going to close. I promise. It says in Romans 5, that you guys know this. We can rejoice. Everyone say rejoice. When we run into problems, into problems, you run right into it. Have you guys ever ran into a problem that you did not know was there? 
when you run into problems and trials, for we know that they help us develop and endurance develops strength of character and character strengthens our confidence of hope, salvation. And listen to this. Paul lists endurance. Paul lists endurance as one of the attributes he wishes to teach Timothy. Listen to this. He says, but you, Timothy, 2 Timothy 3.10, for you, Timothy, certainly know what I teach and how I live and what my purpose in life is. You know my faith, my patience, my love. And for some reason, he lists endurance. Your kids might know your faith. They might know your patience, but do they knew, know the endurance? They, do they know the problems? Are they, are they aware of your process of getting the bread off the table? Do they know how to persevere in prayer? Do they know how to cry out to God? Do you know how to cry out to God? Do you know how to cry out to Him with a need, but fully know of His provision and believe it's there and are, are, are waiting for it eagerly for that need to be met from Him? Amen? And I love this in James chapter 1 says, For you know that when your faith is tested, everyone say tested. When was the last time you tested your faith? Some people have a faith, and the faith is so feeble, they can't let anyone test their faith. Because basically their faith is a house of cards. And as, as long as my faith isn't tested, it's true. And if you take out, one, if you shake one of the little boundaries of my faith, my whole thing collapses. So you can't taste anything I believe in. Don't test it. Don't question it. One of the most dangerous, dangerous theological attributes anyone could tell you is don't question your faith. That is not biblical. You question it. You challenge it. You test it. You know what Jesus told the Pharisees? He says, don't believe me because of my words. Believe me because of my works. That's awesome. You look at your kids. Look at, look at the people around you and say, look, my life is going to be the testimony. It's not what I say. It's what I do. Watch what I do. The Spirit is going to teach you with what I do. How many of you guys know that you can be in Would you rather be in a classroom or would you rather go on a field trip? Why is that? <laughs> That's right. Classrooms are boring. You know, information is important, but experience will teach you more than, than a lesson on paper ever will. And do you guys know that the Word of God was not supposed to be, um, was not given out of anything other than experience? Do you guys know that the Bible are written experiences? Amen? How many of you guys, if I was to give you, think of Thomas. Think of, think of somebody giving Thomas, doubting Thomas, that story, a picture. There's no such thing as pictures. Let's just say somebody drew a doodle, okay, of Jesus walking with holes in his hand. He'd be like, dude, you just got some papyrus and, and drew down. I, I, this isn't real. 
what about the trout? What if someone told him a story? I, I saw Jesus. That's, that's cool, but it's just not good enough for me. He had to have Jesus standing in front of him to be able to strengthen his faith because his faith was being tested in that moment. And our faith needs to be tested. And it says this, for you know when your faith is tested, James 1 verse 3, endurance has a chance to grow. So if you want to develop in your endurance, your faith has to be tested. It says, so let it grow. When your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. And I love this. This morning, Reagan and me, we, we, we stopped by Starbucks. And as we're in Starbucks, there's a song that's playing. I've never heard the song before. And the song had this lyric on the chorus. It says, the heart is a muscle. Let it be strong. Let it be strong. Let it be strong. And I know the heart actually isn't a muscle. It's, a, it's an organ. But I just was thinking about how many of you guys know a weak heart does not endure anything. But you guys know that your heart, in order to get healthy, in order to be strong, it has to go through resistance. It has to be exercised. It has to go through pressure. It's going to, there are moments in your life where you need oxygen. And you need the, you need the oxygen, you need the word of God to be flowing in your life. So let's do this. Let's stand to our feet. Lord, you, are, you have us at, at different points um, in our journey. And, and uh, for those of you who need the oxygen of God to breathe in you, to give, to restore your hope, uh, we're just going to have somebody lay their hands on you next to you. Just lift your hand, and whoever's next to you is just going to put their hand on you. Who needs oxygen? You need the breath of God to breathe into you. And, and we're going to be the body of Christ this morning. You're just going to touch the person next to you. Heavenly Father, we love you. We need your provision. Lord, and right now we receive the touch of the Holy Spirit through our brothers and sisters in Christ next to us. And we just ask right now for the hope of heaven, the hope of our salvation, to come and minister to us this morning. Because we have a need that only you can meet. God, our heart is a muscle. Let it be strong. Let it be strong because of your presence that gets us through these times, these seasons. We know that we are not, we are not loose dogs on the field, Lord. We belong at your table. Lord, whether we, are a, whether we think we are a son or whether we think we are a dog, it doesn't matter. Your provision is present today. For today is the day that the Lord has made. Lord, and I thank you for just releasing the supernatural expression of heaven right now. In Jesus' name, we thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Awesome. Well, there is an amazing anointing in in expression of uh, a hope this morning so if you need some more hope and, and you want to detail out what god has for you if you want to come to the front we're going to pray for you but right now i'm going to pray again for our enchiladas and beans
Because God wants to bless uh, even the dance ministry. They are an awesome expression of heaven. Father, I just thank you. Lord, I thank you for the dance ministry. I thank you for the team that you have set in place, Lord, birthed in this house that is reaching and touching the world. Lord, one dance move at a time. Lord, they are expressing the goodness of God, freedom, liberty. Lord, I thank you, God, that you are, oh man, Lord, I just, I thank you that as people watch undignified dance ministry, that osteoporosis is killed. I thank you that cancer in the body leaves, that people see that. Lord, people will be in their presence completely blind. And because your glory needs to be expressed, you will open their blind eyes so they can see the dance of the Lord. And we just thank you, God, for believing that you could do anything. And bless that food and have people just give over and abundantly and your glory be expressed. In Jesus' name, amen. Awesome. God is good. Turn to somebody and give them a hug because it is good to be in God's house.